This is overwhelming and, you know, it's weighty because it's God. It's the fear of God. Um, but it's also beautiful and um, we're just grateful for this community. We're grateful for you all. Um, so we are going to preach, don't worry, it's a short message, <laughs> encouragement to you all. Um, before we do that, we just want to recognize, and, and some of these people have already been recognized, but we just want to share it from our hearts, um, Mark, Susan, Sean, and Laura, we are grateful for the ways that you carry this family of churches and the way that you care for us and help us. They are an example to us all. Not only just, not, not only, um, not only talking, but you've lived it. And that has meant so much to us, seeing people who are seasoned, who have walked through these things. So thank you for that. Keith, for your dedication to this church as an elder, we are really, really grateful to have walked alongside you in the ways that you encourage us and encourage the church. Sarah, Crass, and all others who planted this church, we are so grateful. We weren't there when it was planted, but we are a product of the heart and vision for this body of believers. So we we say thank you. Thank you for your faith. The transition team, which was already acknowledged, again, we just want to say thank you for saying yes to caring for this congregation and, um, and walking with us through this last year of this tra transitional time. Um, our staff, who are mainly volunteers, um, Kathy, Matt, John, um, Brian, Mark, Amy, you all, um, it's been a joy to walk alongside you this past year um, as, you, as we all equip this body for, for ministry. So um, we are grateful for you all. We are grateful to Brian and Jade, although they cannot be here today. Um, they have spent many years laying down their lives for this body and, um, and pouring into us. Thank you. Neil and Kelsey, we are honored that you are here today. We are so grateful that we've been able to stay connected, although, you know, sometimes with more time in between, but um, we are so grateful for your yes to this church and the ways that you laid down your lives in so, so many ways to care for this body um, and were really instrumental in our faith walk. So we are grateful for your friendship and your leadership. My mom and my stepdad, Arnold, who are here today. You guys wanna give a wave? <laughs> they, um, they, alongside my father, stepmother, Ben's, parents and our families are, um, yeah, they gave us a foundation of faith that we are so grateful for. 
So thank you for sharing Jesus with us and, um, and for your constant love and prayers and, and support. We love you. And last but not least, no, two, I got two more. Micah somewhere, Chloe and Nathaniel, our kids. They are in this with us. And um, we are grateful for the ways that you are following Jesus and doing that with, with this body. And lastly, but not least, is just this entire congregation, anybody who is here today, we are grateful for um, the ways you love Jesus. And so we um, are grateful to walk alongside you all as we pursue God in this community. Yeah, amen. Um, That's really heartfelt. And we really do believe that and are so grateful to be a part of a community that loves so well. And we felt that all along. Um, and, And so just so grateful for that. You know, stepping into this role, uh, there are a lot of firsts that come along with this. And um, over the course of this summer, I had the privilege of uh, officiating my first wedding. Um, I hope the couple feels that it was a privilege as well, but it was my first time. And, uh, you know, just thinking about that, this kind of reminds me a little bit, a little bit like a wedding ceremony. You know, in in a marriage, two people come together. Um, they pledge their love for one another, and, and then we all know that marital bliss occurs after that, right? Um, obviously, that's not always the case, but um, if it is for you, I would love to, to sit and chat with you and, and sit under the shade of your tree and get some of those words of wisdom. But um, th- th- that was uh, a realization, um, you know, my kind of angelic representation that Katie had of me was shattered almost instantaneously when we got married. And uh, that was because I was given the privilege of planning the honeymoon. And, um, and in my infinite wisdom, I planned uh, our flights and, and Katie just wanting to kind of, and some of you have heard the story, wanting to let me run with it, uh, just trusted me. And, um, and our flight left the next morning at 7 a.m., or 6 a.m., and I said it left at 7 a.m., and we got to the airport, and the plane was flying off as we were getting out of the cab, <laughs> and uh, as a result, a river of tears ensued after that, but she did cry, yeah. That's why we were able to get on the next flight. Um, you know, but after that ceremony, couples continue to grow in devotion and love for one another. And, um, you know, they adjust to one another's quirks. They, um, they learn to kind of um, recognize sometimes challenging behavior. And ultimately, they, uh, they come to the real- realization very quickly that we're all sinful. And yet, there is an acknowledgement that comes out of that, right? That it isn't always easy but that we are uh, devoted to one another. So this isn't exactly a marriage, what we're doing here today, but um, there are some similarities in that we 
Katie and Ben, are pledging to walk alongside you all as long as God calls us to this. And we are acknowledging that all of us are unique. We are different. We have different gifts. We're not perfect. Sometimes we fall and we need to be helped back up. And we're not always going to get everything right. But this is what we do want to pledge as we're in this position of serving the body together, right? This is all of us. We want to be a people known for devoting ourselves to be a part of the marked presence of God. We want to know him deeply and walk in what he has for us as a people. And we want to walk in the fullness of that calling as it relates to our church, as it relates to the city of Beverly and the people of Beverly, as it relates to the North Shore, knowing that there are so many people here that are representative of other towns, and really to the ends of the earth. We want to do that together. We want to be known for being a people that are marked by the presence of God. So what does this practically look like? We want to take a quick look at the book of Acts, the whole book. I'm just kidding. We're going to look at chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, where we see the disciples of Jesus and the first people who heard the gospel, who believed they were marked by the presence of God, which radically transformed the way in which they would relate to each other and to the world. So we're gonna read this um, passage, Acts 2, 42 to 47. If you have your Bibles, we'd love for you to open there or your phones, or it should be up on the screen. So this describes the way the people were living shortly after Jesus rose from the dead and they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common." And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Amen. Amen. Just like the early church, like I just mentioned, we want to be marked by the presence of God. And, and the way that we do that is we abide, right? We abide in him. We want to be a people that um, are connected to the vine, right? That's the only way that we can grow is if we are connected to Jesus. And so we want to do that. We want to live that out. And how do we do that, right? It's by knowing him. It's by reading his word. It's by connecting with him and talking with him, right? By praying 
and, um, and abiding in him. And so we want to do that first and foremost. It's all gotta emanate out of that abiding in him. Amen. And we want to abide together with God in community. The word devotion, where it talks about they were devoted to, right? It suggests unity and commitment to one another. We live in a world that over-promises connection and under-delivers on community. That result is isolation and independence that suggests, I've got this, I can do this on my own. And there is a lot that is driving people away from each other in the society that we're living in right now. I almost said everything is driving. And Ben said, don't say everything. That's absolute. But it almost feels like everything is keeping us disconnected. So this life devoted to one another is countercultural. I think we need to fight for this, this depth of community. We need each other. Amen. <laughs> and we need to commit to one another, not in an unhealthy uh, dependence, but in a Christ-centered community that reflects the transforming work of Jesus in our lives and throughout our communities. That's good. Let's try to say that. Okay. Preach it. All right. I'm going to just tell you one little story. It's, it's not really a story. It's just kind of a, anyways. It's a story. It's a story. When um, I think I was reminded because I spent some time with the Hubachers this weekend and um, was reminded of when I started serving in children's ministry, Kelsey was leading that or co-leading that, I think with her sister. And I was invited into not just serving, but into like a small leadership team that oversaw children's ministry. And we met every other week. And at first I was like, We're, we need to meet every other week. This seems like overkill. I'm just being totally honest. <laughs> But the purpose of that meeting was so much more than just getting the work done to make sure there was kids ministry happening on Sunday. The purpose of that meeting was right, to grow together as followers of Jesus. So there was so much happening in that beyond just the service. And I'm grateful for that because I got to grow in relationship with you and others. Amen. So we've seen countless examples in our own lives and just walking alongside you and seeing how you live life of this beauty of living life together in the church. Life groups, discipleship groups have been places where we really get to know people, what's going on in each other's lives and how we can, then we know, right? When we are with each other, we know how we can support one another. Right? When it talks about in that passage, like they had everything in common, they were sharing their needs. A lot of times in our, in our society, we don't know who has needs, right? But when we, were, when we are walking together in close community, we know who has needs. We know how we can help, how we can support one another, and how we can spur one on another in love and good deeds. That's really good. And, um, and it's scary, right? Because it requires vulnerability. 
and we are so prone to present this kind of impervious nature that we've got it all figured out and things like that. But when you get together and you start doing life with one another and you start being vulnerable, it's hard because you have to admit, I actually don't have it all figured out. I actually need a lot of prayer. You know, those are the, those are the things. I'm saying that's what people think, JD, you know, sometimes. Um, and so, you know, this, this life connected to Jesus and to one another, it transforms people's lives. Yeah, I, I, I really, I believe that. It transforms families. It transforms workplaces and schools. Do you believe that? I've seen it. It transforms communities. And so we want to be a people that it, out of everything, it emanates from him, from abiding in him by living together in community, by being vulnerable with one another, and people are gonna be transformed as a result of that. That's attractive. People want that. They want, sorry, I feel like this word is thrown around a lot. They want authentic community, okay? Not the promise of it or the pretense of it. They want actual, real community. And when we do that, and we do that well, People want to come and be a part of that. Verse 47 says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And it's not like we're all about numbers, like that's the measure of whether we're successful or not. But that's something that people are attracted to. And so we at Antioch Beverly, we want to continue. It's not like us being installed means that this is, now it's happening. No, it's been happening we just want to continue to be a people that abide in him, live in community authentically, and see people's lives transformed. Amen? Amen. So. Should we invite the band up now? Yes. Let's invite the band up now. That would be great. Worship team. Um, we're going to respond in a moment. Um, I just want to close with this last thought, you may be wondering, Ben and Katie, what is the vision for Antioch Beverly today? Maybe you were hoping for some grand plan, I don't know. How has it changed or how will it change? Will it change, right? The answer is the vision of our church will not change. It never has, right? It's the church at large that we're going for, that vision that we are a people at Antioch Beverly, and we believe all followers of Jesus, right, are called to love God first and foremost, abide in him, share life devoted to one another in community, and proclaim Jesus. We Amen. are called to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. So sometimes we are tempted to complicate the gospel and complicate the vision of the church, right? And we overlay our own complexities our personal experiences, our past church hurts or other church experiences. And we would be naive to think that we don't do that because that is a part of our human experience. But part of our goal as pastors is to promote, support, and live the simplicity of the gospel and what we are called to in light of that good news. So we want to love God share life 
and proclaim Jesus. Amen. And we want to do that together. For as long as the Lord calls us to this family. Well said. That was great. Thank you. We want to respond. And again, um, I want us to resist the temptation or the feeling that, hey, this is, this is simply about Ben and Katie. It's not. This is about us. This is about the church, a family of believers together exhibiting the call of God and the transformational power of Jesus in our lives, in our community. And so as we respond in this worship song, um, I want us to consider and think about what is my role, Lord? How do you want me to respond in light of all this? And maybe it's just an affirmation that, hey, you're doing what I've wanted you to do. Or maybe you're feeling him calling you into more. But it's hard to find out if we don't do what? What do we have to do? You gotta abide and you gotta ask the question. You gotta ask the question. And so we wanna abide. We wanna ask the Lord, how does he want us to respond here today? So let's worship together and, um, and then we'll close here in a minute.